0: Hi, I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope that this sermon will guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org for more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Uh, I know it's not your norm. I know it's probably unusual, it's awkward, but uh, thank you for being a part of this today. Let me offer us another word of prayer. Great God of heaven, we give thanks for your holy word as it has been read. May that word continue to dwell within us. May it continue to be made real for us. And now in these moments that we share together, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you transform the words that proceed from my mouth and as they fall upon our ears and penetrate our hearts, May they be changed into the word of God that we need to hear today as individuals and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. I love that word that Paul wrote to the Romans, not only so, but we glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. When I read Paul's words there to the people in Rome, I find myself just absolutely in awe. I love to write music, and as a songwriter, one of the things I enjoy is listening to other music that others have written. And so many times, I'll listen to a song, and I think, oh, I wish I could have written something like that. And I'll even begin to criticize myself and tear myself down because I can't write something like a work of art like that person. And I tear myself down when I hear Paul's words because I would love to be able to write such words that give hope in the midst of difficult times. Think about it again. We glory in our sufferings. And because suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. Ah! And then he really brings it home in that last, one of those last verses that was read. He says, for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, and how much more, Having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life. I love that, that while we were yet his enemies, he offered up his son for us. Well, if suffering produces perseverance, and if perseverance produces character, and character produces hope, then I think it's safe to say that right now we're growing more and more hopeful by the minute. Things have changed. Things have changed so quickly. This week, it just seems like one minute to the next, you don't know what to expect because one minute you'll hear one report and then the next minute you'll hear something even more. Just this past week, on Wednesday, as our staff was gathering, I was amazed that the numbers of those that had been diagnosed with COVID-19 had doubled from last Sunday to Wednesday. And so we as a staff, as we gathered, as we always do on Wednesdays, began talking about what life together would look like in light of this virus. In fact, this day was supposed to be Youth Sunday. And so Pastor Brad was sharing with us the plans that the youth had put into place, plans of music, plans of testimony, plans for the message. And we were growing excited as a part of that. And one of the things that the youth felt was very important in our service together was that we would share in the sacrament of Holy Communion where we're reminded of how we're one with God and one with each other. And so we started thinking about what that might look like. How could we ensure the safety of all those that gather and worship in his name? And so we started thinking about washing hands, using the Purell and then letting your hands air dry for the appropriate amount of time. We thought of all these ways that we might be able to address it, and ultimately, we finally concluded that we would need to order something called a celebration cup. You may not be familiar with what a celebration cup. That's okay. I brought a couple with me today. A celebration cup is a pre-filled and safety-sealed cup of grape juice, and inside the lid, inside the top of it, is a wafer for communion. And so we were going to have these youth with gloved hands distribute this wafer, well they wouldn't open they would not open it, but they would hand it to the individuals and you would open it up and you'd get to take your wafer which tastes like styrofoam and then you'd be able to drink the juice and you'd have your own communion. We ordered 500 of these for today. And now, by the end of the day, before they even came to the church, we had to cancel the service. Taking our plans and just throwing them away. I shouldn't have thrown that. Everything changed so quick. We started trying to figure out what this life together was going to look like. Because the plans were just going away. It feels like we're in a new age Here today on the Ides of March, worry and fear have stabbed our hearts and minds. A week ago, the thought that we would not be gathered together to worship God today was unthinkable. But here we are. You're there. We're here. Grocery store shelves are going bare. And believe it or not, this stuff is just about to become currency as everybody is buying up all the toilet paper anywhere that could be found. It's bringing a new definition to that term that we're so used to, March Madness. This truly is a madness. Social distancing and hand-washing are not new terms, but we've probably never talked about them nearly as much as what we have in this past week. This virus has made us sick hoarding toilet paper and supplies while other people are in so desperate need to get them. But they can't because so many times we have hoarded these things just in case. We've tried to make room in our pantries, refrigerators, and freezers for all of these things just in case. And meanwhile, there are those that are being left behind. Online trolls are even selling bottles of Purell online for so much more than what it reasonably would cost. The markup is rivaling that of a Duke-UNC basketball game. Hatred is being spewed online in horrible and terrible ways that are not representative of humanity. I mean, Just this past week, something weird has happened, because a week ago, we created a post here through the church that we shared on Facebook, encouraging people, instead of singing happy birthday twice to themselves while they wash their hands, they could recite the Lord's prayer. At first, that began to be shared, and people would comment on this idea of being able to pray instead of singing happy birthday. But somewhere along the lines of once it hit about 50,000 people online, it began to turn. And we began to receive hateful, negative comments about just a simple invitation to pray. This is all just so sick. This virus has made us sick. And it's made us want to withdraw from it all. To avoid the hate, to avoid potential contamination, to avoid it all, we have rightly abided by the recommendations of social distancing. Which takes me back to Paul's words. We glory in our sufferings. Because suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. I hope. Jesus himself practiced a little bit of social distancing. Tough to think about because when we read through the Gospels, so many times he is surrounded by so many people who are pressing in on him. But it's true. Jesus would withdraw from time to time for a time of prayer. The Gospels tell us of those times that he would go off on his own to pray. And one of my favorite things when I had an opportunity to go to the Holy Land was as we were around the Sea of Galilee. One day, our tour guide pointed out up on a hill a little cave on the side. And the tour guide said that legend has it that that little cave was where Jesus would often retreat to for a time of personal prayer. There was nothing spectacular about it, There was a fence guarding it, but there were no signs pointing to it. Whether it's true or not, in my mind, I like to imagine Jesus climbing up that hill, bending down, getting into that cave, just withdrawing from it all and praying to his Father. And so as I think about Jesus retreating away from it all sometimes, Jesus knew the merits of sometimes stopping everything so that the muddy, murky waters of life it had become clear as things settled. But Jesus also knew that sometimes social distancing meant having the opportunity to encounter someone one-on-one. On one. one day as Jesus and his disciples were making their way back to Galilee, maybe he was looking forward to an opportunity to climb that hill and to crawl into that cave. They were making their way there and they took a shortcut through Samaria. They came to a city called Zikar. Normally, Jews would avoid this area completely because Jews and Samaritans were as opposed to one another as quite possibly Tar Heels and Blue Devils. Maybe even more so. But like these days today, those were not ordinary times and Jesus was no ordinary man. And so without judgment, without fear, they took the shortcut through Samaria. And on the outside of town, There was a well. Jesus sent his friends into the town to be able to get something to eat while he retreated for a respite at the well. There in the middle of the heat of the day, a woman from the town comes out to draw water. No one would ever go in the middle of the day to draw water at that time of day because it was hot and the effort required would be exhausting in such temperatures. This woman comes in the middle of the day. Perhaps she's practicing her own form of social distancing, separating herself from all those who look upon her and the names that are called, that she's called, her reputation that follows her wherever she goes. Maybe she's parched, not just in body, but also in spirit. And so she goes to the well. I think it's fascinating. One of the most miraculous things is that as she approaches the well, that she sees someone is there, and she doesn't turn around figuring she would come back later. It's a miracle almost that she goes ahead to the well. And as she approaches the well, and Jesus is there. And Jesus asked her, the way that New International Version says it, Jesus asks her, Will you give me a drink? The fact that Jesus broke down the walls of isolation, The set in motion, a course of events that would change not just her life, but an entire community. She encounters Jesus there at the well. Jesus talks to her and speaks to her and offers her this incredible love, grace, and mercy. And her life begins to be Transformed. She finds herself going to back into the city to tell the others of what she has learned, who she has met, and people begin to come out in droves, and they beg Jesus to stay with them. So he stays there in the city with them for a number of days, and many become believers, not because of what she said, not just because of what she said, but because of what they knew and heard through him. The walls... Of isolation were torn down. Even before COVID 19, we had been finding our own ways to withdraw from one another. Maybe it was judgment, judgment of our own selves, judgment of others. Maybe it was that we began to see humanity as the target. And we seem to forget that we're in this journey of life together. And so we hid. And we hide now in the safety of our own walls of isolation. But Jesus comes just as Jesus was there at the well. He doesn't come because we're good. He doesn't come because we're perfect. He doesn't come because we followed all the rules. No, he comes just as he did for the Samaritan woman, right where she was. And he comes because he loves us. Like Paul said, For while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? That's what he offered that woman at the well. That's what he offers to you today. We can be reconciled. And we can find our life through him. COVID-19 has put us behind so many walls. My wife and I went out to eat last night in downtown Durham and it felt like a ghost town. In our isolation, though, Jesus comes to us and he asks, will you give me a drink? There are very likely people in your lives this morning that are doing without. Maybe they are stuck in their home and there are supplies that they need, but they've not been able to find it out there because the store shelves are barren. Maybe this is the time... That like Jesus, we go and define the physical needs that our neighbors have. Maybe there's somebody that you can reach out to today to find out what do you need? How can I be present for you? But I bet it's not just the physical needs. There's somebody today that probably needs to know that they are not alone, even in the midst of our isolation. But God, God is there with them. You can break down that wall of isolation. So I invite you, take this opportunity to find a way that we might be able to meet the physical needs, the spiritual needs, and the emotional needs of those people that are in need. Today, tear down those walls and find how we might be the presence of Christ in the world today. Let us pray. God of grace and God of mercy, you come to us in our darkest moments and we cry out to you. Lord, replace the fear and the anxiety that is within our hearts with a peace and reassurance that all is well, that you are a God of grace. You are a God of restoration and hope. And today, Lord, instead of being filled with such fear and worry, may we be filled with a spirit of peace and a spirit of hope. Enable us and empower us to be your hands and feet, to break down the walls of isolation. Help us to find the ways that we might be able to meet the needs of our neighbor, not just in a physical way, but in a spiritual way. So, Lord, allow us to be your hands and feet, to demonstrate your heart. We pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon and please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.